Film Fest. This is a podcast that celebrates films with a 90 minute or less runtime and is entirely curated by guests on this podcast. Today, we're joined by. This is James the Third. Jonathan Braylock. From the Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood podcast. Thank you so much for talking to us today, guys. Thanks for having us. Uh, yes, thank you so much. And just, I would like to apologize for my colleague's terrible opening. Wow. Terrible opening? I mean, it was, you bumbled it. I you, said, there was a little, this is James the Third. You, you, and no, then everyone heard say me. That confidently. Everyone heard me. And they now know who I am. <laughs> well, I don't know if they know who you are. But they now know that this is me. <laughs> okay. So thanks for coming all the way to London to record this. Very kind of you. I know. We came just yeah, we, for this. And yeah. It, it's been great. It yeah. was a long flight. <laughs> I fly out tonight after this. <laughs> the most generous podcast Thank you. Uh, so you're in town to do the London Podcast Festival. Yeah. Doing a live Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood podcast. Yes. Is this the first time you've performed in London with this with the show? It is. And yeah, it's my first time in London, period. Oh, yes. Wow. It's not my first time in London, but it's definitely my first time performing uh, a, a real show in London. Because when I was here, I was doing student Plays. Uh, that's real. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was for the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts. Ooh. Wow, what a name drop. <laughs> Do you have to say it like that every time yes, you say yes, it? Yes, they made you. <laughs> Royal. The Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts. I think if you've done the Royal Academy, I think London Podcast Festival will be, be okay. <laughs> it should be just fine. You do oh, the man. live show quite often in the States? As often as we can. Yeah, we don't do it too often, but uh, we have done it before, and this will definitely be fun. I'm interested to see the response. I know we do have listeners here, but it's a big theater that we're at, yes. and I'm like... Do we have more than seven listeners? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like very interested to see how many people will come out, how they respond, how our humor translates. I mean, comedy is very subjective, so... But I, I, I mean, I'm very excited to be here. I'm very excited to see some of the other shows, and that I think it's very cool. Like, I'm, we got to come out to London. That's so awesome. Yeah, I'm super pumped. Great. <laughs> I was going to say more, and then I was like, no one cares what I... <laughs> I mean, they do. They're listening to you right now. I, I'm going to see four of the five shows at the Globe right now. Holy crap. Yeah. I'm very excited. You bought tickets already? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to stand. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm very excited. It's pretty cheap, too, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's five, five pounds. pounds. Goodness. Yeah. Look at that. See? Why can't <laughs> our theater be... You could like probably that? see... For five bucks? No. You're right. <laughs> You're right. There's nothing. I couldn't think. I tried to think of a thing. You can't, you can't even say a UCB nothing. show for five bucks no, not anymore. anymore. That's a comedy theater that we perform at. Yep. No All one right. knows what we're talking about. Van Houten, really nobody knows what we're talking about. And when you choose your films for the live shows, does again, do you change? does that change the sort of film you choose? you try and choose something that people have maybe hopefully seen? Yeah, that I, I think like even for this show, we were talking because we wanted to... We haven't announced, but this, when is this coming out? It's not this coming. Is, it's, it'll come out after the show. It's coming out after the show. So the, we're going to be reviewing The Last Jedi. And so there's a reason that we're reviewing that 
even though it kind of breaks our rules because we try to review films with that has uh, a black actor in the lead, uh, but we've broken the rules before. Yeah. And the thing is, we did the Force Awakens when it came out because in the trailer you couldn't really. T- I mean, and it was and it was done very well, right? That trailer came out and you knew. You knew Ray, uh, oh, sorry, what's her, um, Daisy uh, was in it. and Daisy Ridley? Daisy Ridley was in it, and John Boyega were, were in it. And it, they seemed to be the leads, but it wasn't clear like that like Daisy was more of a lead than John in the trailer. You know, because then you saw John with like a lightsaber, and you're like, oh my God, is he a Jedi? Like, what, what's happening? So yeah. we reviewed that movie, and then we saw it, and we talked about it after, and we were like, okay, it seems like Daisy's more of the lead, but like John was in like the beginning of the movie before you saw her, and like you're like, he was like a co-lead. Yeah. And then in The Last Jedi, it was- <laughs> I mean, it's a bit part, it's a bit part. It's a huge, <laughs> to me it's just, it's it was such a huge depart, like it was like he was here, and then he came real like far down, like secluded, like, like he was an extra, like not an extra, but he was like Lando, like he wasn't a real, he wasn't a real lead anymore. Forty-seven percent of his lines are "Where's Ray?" Like yeah. of of his full lines so are just one simple. We want to talk thing. about that, and we we assume that many people have seen it. We wanted to at least talk about a British actor. There were other movies that we were thinking about, but the reality is. One, we already reviewed Attack the Block, which is right. probably my favorite British movie with black leads in it. And then there truly aren't that many. Like, Idris was in this film, Bastille Day. Did you see that? I did, actually. You did see it? I did. I was one of the few. It did not do very well at the box office. <laughs> exactly. Was it fun? Was it good? Well. Uh, Idris did the song over the end credits. That's okay. his, like, signature move now. He did it in Hobson Shaw recently as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Oh oh, I, I don't know if I realized that. I didn't realize that either. That's incredible. Whoa. But people were suggesting titles to us, and we were like, this movie looks great. But we're almost positive no one has seen it. I think it's a strong choice. You're right. Every, I mean, come on, everybody must have seen Flipping Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah. Most, yeah. at least <laughs> most. Again, you're, the you're vast majority. Like, it won't be everyone. I'm sorry, I'm adjusting myself. It won't be everyone, but it will be most people and enough that like somebody will go, I like, wait, what was? What's he talking about? Like, oh, there's a scene in the movie where you know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> They've probably so. heard of Star Wars. If yeah, nothing right. else. You know, only right. probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's heard of John Boyega. Everyone knows who he is. So yeah. we're good. Yeah. Do a show of hands. There'll be one person who doesn't for yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. Can you think of a bigger? Can you think of a big film with a British uh, black actor in it? That was. Well, I was just when you mentioned Attack the Block. That film is actually under ninety minutes. Uh, so I that know. would be perfect for this show. Oh, oh wow. God. We recently really? had yeah. director Joe Cornish, who made that movie on, and wow. he chose Evil Dead 2. Oh, oh that's amazing. Um, but his, he said his dream was to make like a 90-minute film. In his, in his brain, that was how long film should be. So he wanted to do it with his first film. And uh, he did a great job. He did a great job with that. And now he gets to watch John Boyega be in all the Star Wars and become this mega star. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, I cannot think of a better yeah. film to choose. <laughs> <laughs> that's my way of saying no. Okay. <laughs> all right. So when I asked you to choose a film under ninety minutes, uh, what, what went through your through your mind? How did you how did you settle on what you've chosen today? Well, really, I was like, I wanted to do Dumbo, and you're like, that's great. We've already done it, and I was like, okay, I don't remember movies. The, the <laughs> next movie that I thought of that was under ninety minutes was a movie called Eighty Eight Minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that. Have but you that's, seen Eighty Eight Minutes? I have not. It's with Al Pacino. It's a terrible movie, um, but it's funny. The premise of that movie is that he gets a phone call, and the person says, "You have eighty eight minutes to live," and he has to like, and then like. 
and he has to do all this stuff. But the, and the person on the other end of the phone, oh, he's um, Al Pacino is like a psychologist in the movie, and so the person on the end of the phone keeps going like TikTok, doc, TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> you have eighty-eight minutes to live. Eighty, like seventy-three minutes. TikTok, doc, TikTok. And the movie is terrible, but I knew it was under eighty minutes yeah, it's called because it's called eighty-eight minutes. <laughs> And then I, w- I asked James, I was like, can you think of 90-minute movies? And then he suggested... I suggested Run, Lola, Run, right? And Run, maybe Lola, another Run, one? And Safety Not... And, and Safety Not Guaranteed. Not Guaranteed. Right, right, right. And yes. I think you were the tiebreaker, weren't you? Didn't you say, like, oh, Run, Lola, Run? Well, we're actually doing, again, uh, after the podcast, we've actually done Safety Not Guaranteed already did? with director Colin Trevorrow, who's oh, coming wow. to London Podfest to talk about you the movie. And all of the directors. <laughs> That's <laughs> incredible. That is amazing. Those are the, those are the two directors. Wow. Uh, but it's weird that they came up in the same conversation. So <laughs> crazy. And we're doing Star Wars, and he can't do and that he's not anymore. Right? To do yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. It's, all it's all connected, all connected <laughs> I'm wondering if I... Do I ask any... No, probably no Star Wars questions. You can't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. just... You have to do that off mic, but that... I wonder... I mean, man, that has to be rough to get that pulled away from you. Yeah. It's interesting. Anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that. So, yeah. And Run, Little Run, I had never seen. Why did you suggest so this? So, Run, Little Run was one of my favorite movies. I hadn't seen it in a while. I, I think it was the first first foreign film that I had seen that I decided to watch, you know? (laughs) And that might be why it has such a special place in my heart. But it fitting the criteria was, I was super excited to get to rewatch it again. A thrilling post-MTV rollercoaster ride, Run Lola Run, is the internationally acclaimed sensation about two star-crossed lovers who have only minutes to change the course of their lives. Time is running out for Lola, Franco Patente. She's just received a frantic phone call from her boyfriend Manny, Moritz Biebtru, who's lost a small fortune belonging to his mobster boss. If Lola doesn't replace the money in 20 minutes, Manny will surely suffer severe consequences. Set to a throbbing techno score, Lola's like a human stun gun, says Peter Rayner, New York Magazine. Wow, that right. was a great, <laughs> that was exhausting a great trailer blurb. voice. <laughs> yeah. I'm see- I mean, I'm seeing that movie. I think I would see that if I just, just from that. Yeah. Do you remember how you first heard about the movie? I think it was playing on a movie channel and it was it was either just on or in one of the like tv spots that explains like oh these are you know some of the movies that we have and i i remember the colors drawing me in and then i just uh, just kept watching. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to do this uh, podcast called 90 Minutes or Less, and I had texted a friend who said... uh, No, wait, we already know the story. Oh, right, we had already told it. I actually, I feel like I've heard of it, but I didn't know what it was about at all. I didn't even know it was foreign. Uh, Oh, sorry. (laughs) Such an American-centric thing. Yeah, I mean, Um, I I hesitated in saying uh, it. (laughs) (laughs) I hesitated in using the term foreign no, no, film. No, it's uh, yeah, no, it's a German film. But uh, and I was like, I have to read subtitles. And then I actually found a version that was dubbed, and I wish I hadn't watched that one. Um, I should have tried to watch. Oh, <laughs> read the subtitle. I'm so lazy. I don't like reading while watching a movie. Listen, everybody hates me now, and that's okay. <laughs> what did you think the film was about, just from the title? I thought it was about. A woman who is running away from her problems. 
Huh. That's what I thought about when I heard the title. So it's pretty pretty close. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much <laughs> what it's about. Right? The film is directed by Tom Tukwer, who like, he'd made a few other German films by this point. It was released in Germany in 1998, which I think you can tell maybe from some of the costumes and the music in the movie. <laughs> For sure. But this film was a huge success. It played, it opened in Germany, and then a few months later it played at Sundance in Utah, where it was sold for a ridiculous sum of money. And I think it cost just over a million dollars to make. It made $22 million at the box office. Not a bad rate of return there. <laughs> and it was one of those films you know, before the internet where it was just word of mouth like people were talking about it I, I didn't discover it until dvd but it was like a quite a hyped dvd oh, where okay. everybody was you know really hyped about it everyone when i was at university had it on dvd and it was a lot of people's i did a film degree it was a lot of people's favorite films right I've seen run let run it's like yes i'm a film student <laughs> of course <laughs> this does seem like a film student's film i remember this is hijacking your your thoughts but i remember getting having a screenwriter software and one of the film templates was this movie wow <laughs> and i and I, it wow. was it was so cool and i had seen it and think and i thought that was so cool yeah. that it was you know you know used as an ex- innocent example of you know the way to do it it's quite an inspirational film uh, for a lot of reasons uh, but it uh, went on to inspire a nintendo 64 game the legend of zelda majora's mask the designer Wait, said he, it, Run Lola Run was a direct inspiration for his game. And it also <laughs> inspired the Jason Statham movie Crank, uh, says the, the directors of that film. Oh, wow. That makes sense. Yeah. I can see that. The, I love that le- I love that Legend of Zelda game. That's so crazy. <laughs> I, I, the, the structure is maybe one of the reasons why it benefited from that word of mouth. Like, oh, you won't believe it, guys. 20 minutes in, it just starts all over again. And and it sort of lends itself to a video game. It also reminds me of that Tom Cruise film a few years ago, uh, The Edge of Tomorrow, where he just kept yeah. dying over and over That's again. That's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, it makes sense. People love games. And, and I think at this point, people were probably playing a lot of games with a similar type of score. There's not really a great plot to this film other than, you know, she has to get somewhere in a certain amount of time. I get very video game friendly plot. So it might have just sort of tapped into the right sort of zeitgeist. Do you, is this the first film that explores like alternate timelines like that or like TV show or anything? Because I, that is something uh, that a lot of people do now, and I'm wondering if this was like one of the first times it's been. It can't be, right? I mean, it just. I'm just. Uh, I'm just. Curious. No, no. I, I'm, try, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think, and I can't yeah. come up with something. Yeah. But it feels like. It feels like it can't be, but then also. What else? It, yeah. Well, yeah. Else? Like I don't have another. <laughs> right. When did that movie Sliding Doors come out? Do when did Sliding Doors come out? Like, <laughs> like uh, ninety. Uh, feels like it's around the same six time. Six or something, right? When was this? Right. I mean, Sliding Doors isn't exactly like this, but it's playing with the... 1998, it came out the same year. Same year? That's Uh crazy. (laughs) No, that means they were making it at the same time, right? Yeah. Because it takes so long to make a movie. So I always find that interesting when movies with similar kind of... You know what I mean? Right. Conceits happen because it's like in the zeitgeist. People must have been thinking... Because I also thought this movie felt similar to The Matrix, but only in, uh, in terms of certain stylistic things especially that shot that like one of the opening shots actually literally the opening shot where it zooms down into the city and then it oh, zooms yeah, right yeah. to the phone and she picks up the phone i was like that feels so like the matrix like they they have that zoom into the city and they have like a phone like 
you know, a ringing phone that somebody then picks up. And I was like, did they see Run Lola Run? Like, because it, it, it only came out a year after. 100%. Yeah. Well, the Wachowskis would go on to work with Tom Tickworth, so there's definitely something there. Yeah. They they co-directed Cloud Atlas together, and then they recruited Tom Tickworth to be a director on Sense8, their, their Netflix show. So maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe they were doing, like, stuff at the same time yeah. attending yeah. the same sort of film events it, it reminded me a little bit of Bound the Wachowski's first film just using like really inventive camera work in like an everyday kind of setting budget right. film like really playing with the form um, and maybe they're kindred spirits This film takes ages to get going. For a film that's 80 minutes long, it starts with a T.S. Eliot quote on screen. Oh, yeah. right. Then a quote from a German football manager. Oh, and that's what that is. <laughs> who I, I was who like, I what, to is, look up. what is happening? Like, who is, what are they saying? Yeah. And then we see, to reveal the title, we see like hundreds of extras spell out, run, load, run. The camera like pulls up. And then we see a cartoon <laughs> of Lola running with everybody's titles and, and then, um, like, photos of like, the cast. And she's punching things out of and the they, way. And, they're like, and, they, and they have their uh, actor's name and the character name and they like turn around almost as if they're taking a mug shot. And yeah. they have like the, like, like the sound effects of like a prison gate closing. Yeah. It's very, it's a, it, it was a lot. It was a lot up top. And then five minutes in, we see Lola, Franco Fatente's character, for the first time <laughs> in, in real life. It's, it's crazy. Like, I, guess, I don't know, is Tom Tickwood just like padding it out at that point? Like, okay, I've made a 70-minute movie. Right. <laughs> really need to get it to 80 to take, you know, for people to take me seriously. I liked the quote, even though it was strange. It made me think about the movie. It, it's interesting. I there's a part of me that wonders if this movie feels ha, has the semblance of being deeper than it actually is. You know 100%. what I mean? Like it's like you're actually looking at it, you're like it's not really that deep, but the but the way that they set it up, especially in the beginning with the with the quote and the and the and the you know whatever whatever the German <laughs> football quote is. But then they get into the when they start showing all the extras, the cop is. It says this whole other thing about how, like, man, how, how. Oh, I thought that was the German football. Sorry, I, no, there no. are two quotes written on the there screen. There are two quotes yeah. written on the screen. Got it. And then the and then the first lines are yeah. how mysterious yes. is yeah. man? What is that? And what is <laughs> how mysterious is man? <laughs> I, I love so it. Many it's so it's, he says. Does he say something about possibilities? Or yeah, something? yeah. So many po and the, you know, and we see people that if you've never seen it, don't know are connected to. We'll just see later. Yeah. But uh, but also on the side, and you're just like, whoa, what is this movie about? <laughs> like it, like truly, the beginning of this movie, I was like. I was like, man, I'm going to have to really pay attention. I really thought I was like, I'm going to have to really pay attention to this. This is, and then the actual plot is nothing. No, it's very, it's very thin. It's a lot the of actual like. plot is like, it's the thinnest though. It's just like, yeah, like, uh, I, I, uh, I was doing a money drop off. I got the money and then I left it on the train and now I need a hundred thousand dollars. Can you come? I need it in 20 minutes. And then, and then she's running. Her idea is to run to her father and ask for $100,000. And that's it. 
Nailed That's it. it. Nailed it. There's a car- <laughs> there's a cartoon of her running again for some reason. <laughs> just just to have a cartoon, I guess. <laughs> it's it's the, so many bells and whistles. I love it. I love all of them. Well, I wonder. Yeah, like, did he reverse engineer it? So he made the movie, and he's just like, I need something. I need to make it. You know, like uh, about something. Okay, I'll put a T.S. Eliot quote. It's not enough. I'll find this German <laughs> football coach. It's not enough. I'll do a cartoon. Okay. And then, but also the the first shot is the clock, like the the there's a clock there is a clock and you know it has some kind of like golem on it or gargoyle okay right and then we go into the mouth of that that's right that's right i mean come on (laughs) that's where the budget went yeah i went on the 300 extras to spell out the title the animation sequence going into the cgi clock the rest of it i mean legit it really sets you up for like this film is about to have layers upon layers (laughs) means so much (laughs) it will what does it mean (laughs) i wondered if it was like i don't know if you've ever been to like a theme park like disneyland or something when you're queuing so there's all the anticipation they're playing the music there's all of this like really ornate stuff on the ride and then the ride is over in seconds right it's all of the hype so all of this stuff at the beginning is maybe it's the queue we're in the disneyland queue Seeing those extras, reading T.S. Eliot. Right. <laughs> yeah. Again, if I didn't know what, if I'd seen this in 1998 when it came out and hadn't seen and like didn't know what was going to happen. And it's that short. It is like a punt. It's like a, a you're like, whoa, oh, oh, that was, I liked that. Like, yeah, you know, there's something about seeing the different scenarios play out. I mean, I was, once I knew that that was going to, ha- once I knew that that was happening, like immediately after like well actually like literally as he lay dying i was like well well this is the end of the movie because this is like 20 minutes and <laughs> i was like i guess they're about to do it again because i remembered the line about possibilities and i was like okay that's interesting and i guess one time like i guess the last time it'll work it, like i literally yeah. i was just like i was like okay like yeah. immediately it was like and the last time it'll work and like it'll it'll mess up somehow then again i didn't know how many times they were going to do it i feel like if they made this movie today they would have done it at least three other so times many. Right? or they, would have, or done, they like, would have been shorter ones like well, that's what edge of tomorrow is exactly I guess. Yeah. the montage of like yeah. and then she does it is it a million more times <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we don't we'll never know <laughs> you know Now, question: What is the scream? Is the scream a th- like? Is there something more to that? <laughs> so it's uh, I guess we see at the beginning Lola in cartoon form, and her throughout this film there are like a lot of cartoon like elements, and she has a superhuman scream which can destroy objects in around the film, which it's not explained at all. Like, is it just because she's having this awful day and everything's a bit heightened for her? I have no idea. I mean, because the other thing is that they set up in the beginning is that she always tells... What's his name again? Sorry. Manny. Manny. No. Do you mean Manny? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. She always tells Manny, like, don't worry, like, I'll figure it out. And Or Manny's yelling at her in the beginning on the phone, like, mm-hmm. you can't figure this one out, Lola. Like, not even you can figure this out. So it kind of, as if she is has in the past been able to get them out of sticky situations or she's able to do things that seem a little supernatural. And so then she literally has a supernatural scream that like yeah. breaks glasses and like does and like, you know, hurts people's ears. And then I guess stops the ball in 20 of the second spin. Yeah. Uh, and she wins this money and like, it's like she, but she wasn't able to do it the first two times. 
again, I don't know if that's really saying anything, um, but it was interesting. It was interesting. Yeah. I'm really interested to know if somebody has like a deep theory, film theory about this. Because, it again, it does feel like a student film. I don't uh, know. Not uh, made by a student, but a film, but a film that students watch. Like a, like a, a film that you allow not allow you have people study because you're like this is there's something to this like let's let's look at this and break this down you know yeah i don't i don't know that there is something more to the scream on this on this watch to me it was like yeah like lola's just that chick that's like <laughs> <laughs> like she can do she's just that you know chick. like if you get her too mad she's gonna she's gonna do that scream you know <laughs> you don't want to hear that scream come out of lola's mouth you know she's gonna she's gonna break a clock <laughs> she gonna break a glass clock <laughs> a glass clock <laughs> or whatever it is that she's gonna do you know there is something about it that just felt very much like a uh, character trait and I do love this this I was thinking of this on this watch of the supernatural element of her right she does stop you know she decides to I'm gonna not die <laughs> right and then and then start it over oh do you th is that how you interpret it like she's like literally resetting life on the on this watch in a in I started looking at things even more than I probably ever had before. And like the red, oh, stop, you know, they hold on a stoplight for a while. You know what I mean? Just stuff of like, oh, maybe that's what's going on. You know, Manny's yellow for some reason. I don't know what that yellow's about, but, you know, that I just was... Be wary. Yeah, no, <laughs> but it could be that, right? Yeah. Or, you know... The, the it's interesting, even like the alternate timelines and why certain things affected people certain ways. Was it just random or was there something to the interaction that actually put them into, you know, a different universe? I, I found it interesting that the first time she passes the woman in the hallway at the bank, she like bumps into her. And then that makes her like go down a deep depression and then kill herself. But then in the second one, she like sees Lola coming back, like with the maybe even sees the gun. And then she's yeah. like, cool, I'm going to be a dom now. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. like, like almost like that. It's and I, I don't know if I had looked so at random. what the what the the paths are, but there's something interesting about the little changes. The the woman that they that she passes. The thing is that the, the one the one where she kills herself, it's like she got into a car accident, right? And then was upset that she was like I guess paralyzed or something, and then <laughs> and she, then killed, she herself. killed herself. And I was like, my God, <laughs> it's so dark. Also, I was like, what was happening in Germany at this time? Like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like things were going well there. At, in the late 90s but like man they had some dark timelines sometimes that they were thinking about sometimes you need to reset you know sometimes <laughs> things are going on and you like, just want to start it over <laughs> my man's the, with the bike's first timeline was him just getting mugged and like beat yeah. up but then but then but then he went on to have a family I was like I don't know <laughs> and then his second timeline was just him like becoming homeless and a drug addict and dying right. on the streets right or something yeah uh -huh. yeah that's and exactly then, what happens the other he woman does. did the other woman steal a baby? Uh yeah. She <laughs> steals, she steals a baby. Was the baby in the stroller a stolen baby or was that or was she stealing another baby? Cause I couldn't I when I first saw that timeline, I didn't other get it. Baby, right? I, I I wasn't thinking about it in that way. It must be a whole other baby. Right. Cause when she when they when that first happened, again, I hadn't seen this movie before. So when that first happened, I didn't even know that they were doing these timeline things yet. Mm -hmm. 
it was like it happened and then i was like oh are they showing me that this woman <laughs> like who i thought who i was on her side because lola bumps into her and she's like you're you so shouldn't rude be on her side. and then you shouldn't be on her side because no that woman actually just stole the baby. <laughs> <laughs> like this baby that she's pushing is not hers she stole yeah. that baby and i was like god damn oh, but then i saw it again and then she becomes like a like a uh, yeah she gets very religious she gets and... very religious and i was like Okay, wait, so who is the baby? Yeah. Did she like steal the baby and then go like, I shouldn't steal this baby and then bring that baby back? Maybe that is actually what happened. I wonder if that, it, that could be what happened. Like her realizing how mean she, you know, cause she turns back and looks at Lola for no reason. That, that's that's <laughs> yeah, for no, reason, she for no reason. She's like, Ugh. she just looks at And then she, like, she, she questions herself like, oh, why am I, why am I so gross to this person? Why did I steal this baby? <laughs> <laughs> what? Those two, she she weighed them both the same. <laughs> Are people stealing babies in Germany? What's happening? It's big in the nineties. It's quite a neat storytelling device, though. Those, uh, so everyone Definitely. she meets, there's always there's a, a camera flashes, and then you see just stills of what happens in their lives, and and we see that a lot. We get to know these guys who she just bumps into on the street. Like it's it's quite an intense way to tell a lot of people's stories in a really short space of time. I know it's it's int- I liked it. I like I definitely love that film film device that they used. And in my version because it was dubbed, uh, a little voice like after she bumps into the people, a little voice just goes, "And then?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. the silliest dub. I don't know how it sounded in German, but the 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 English voice was, "And then?" <laughs> and I was like, "What?" <laughs> and it's like <laughs> I thought it was funny. And I liked how they masked who that guy was who kept getting in the car crash because when he when it happened I I remember going, "Why aren't they showing me that guy's story? Like what happens? Like do those guys beat him up? Like what what's the future of him?" Also, who is this guy? <laughs> and then in the third one, I was like, "Oh, he picked him up because he Oh, that's mm-hmm. so and interesting." And now he's not there. And yeah. so now she can't go to him. And so now she has to She has to do it herself. She has to do it herself. Yeah. See, she takes her own Yeah, that's also the, whole, the that's the message. The yeah. bl- that's the message is she has to do it herself. The blind woman is someone to track in in each in each three, right? But but, but for whatever in, reason, but not in the second one barely. In the second one she's just one of the nuns. <laughs> <laughs> And it makes no sense. I don't even understand. And, so and why in the third? Why in the third one did she go look? It's you know what I think it is. Here's what I think it is. It's just the best timeline. It's just <laughs> she. You know the, the the blind woman was a she was a mystical guide. You know you know and so she knew you know she knew Manny needed his phone card in the first one. She was like, Nah, bruh, you're gonna still need you need to make a couple more phone calls. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna leave you this phone card. In the second one, she just knew you know. That it would be so weird if she was just standing with a bunch of nuts. <laughs> that would that would make Lola look for a second. And then the last one, she knew that Manny needed to get, you know, because the guy was there. She was learning too. Yep. I like that she had that sort of trip to the nunnery. I'll like, just try being a nun. <laughs> right. Give it a go. <laughs> no, not for me. Didn't like that. <laughs> Didn't like that one at all. The best of us. The best of us. The best of Frau. Von allen, allen Frauen? Na klar. Woher willst du das wissen? Das weiß ich halt. What do you think of Manny as a boyfriend? Because it feels like such a dick move <laughs> to oh. give your girlfriend 20 minutes to raise like $100,000 or whatever, otherwise he will be killed. They're, they're clearly not great people, right? I mean, 
just off the bat, like they're they're already selling drugs, um, which fine. What I I guess people have to make money somehow, but like yes, people do have to make money. But he his <laughs> he was like, I'm gonna rob this store, and she's like, No, like let me think of something. But he's right, like they're gonna get killed if they don't give a mob boss his hundred thousand dollars and i don't know why she thought she could go to her father and just ask for a hundred thousand dollars like give it to me now no i'm not gonna tell you (laughs) (laughs) so he seems not great but also i don't know how great she is either so i I don't we're we're dropped in at a at a very heightened point in their relationship and and we are to believe that she's always there for the drop always there and she wasn't and he's about to die in terms of their like romantic relationship i do like those two scenes we get of them yeah i do uh you know with the red lighting and they're sort of just talking about their relationship and i you know i i really like his like you're the best. Like you're just this sort of repetition of you're, yeah. Why? You just are How the best. How do you know? I, I feel it. That was an interesting conversation because I don't know. I'm interested to hear like a German woman's perspective on that because there was a way that she was talking that I was like this. It feels. It almost feels. It feel, felt masculine to me. The question she was asking, like why? Like what? You know? Uh. Well, that's not logical. Like I felt like she was, and he was like, "What do you mean?" Like. <laughs> I love you. I don't know. I feel it from my heart. And she was like, you know, what is it? You listen to your heart? And it's like, what? (laughs) I was like, why is she asking him that? Like, and then she's like, I just, I may have to rethink this relationship. And I was like, for what? Who are you? (laughs) I just didn't understand. What is happening? (laughs) I guess out of all of this, like, I don't actually understand Lola's character. Yeah. I understand Manny more than I understand Lola. I don't truly know who Lola is other than that. She's very strong willed yeah, and persistent and yeah, she has like a resolve, but I don't, I don't know how she, I don't know why she likes Manny. I don't know what her relationship with her father is. Like, I just know her father's a terrible person. And to the point of the masculinity thing too, she, in the, in those scenes where we get to hear them actually just talk to each other, Manny reveals how he feels in, in both of them, right? But she doesn't, even in the one where he's he's like, what would you do if I died? She's not saying like, I would, I would be there would for you. It. He just goes off on like, no, this is how I feel, you know? Yeah. We all, we do very much get and his just, side and yeah, not her she's side. She's just trying to say, yeah, what, what, what would you do if I died? I would stop it. Okay, but what if you couldn't? I would fa- find out a way. Well, what if I was diagnosed and I was sick? I would find a cure. And it was like, it was like, you know, yeah, she'd scream, she'd scream yeah. real loud yeah. and something would happen. <laughs> a man wrote this though, right? So is that yeah, right? No, I, mean, yeah, I think Tom Tickler also, also wrote the film. Yeah. It feels a bit like she's like the video game comparison and why Nintendo may be inspired. She feels like a character you play in a game. Yeah. Like people talk about things she's done and what she's like, but we never see her do that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like right. There's clearly a history with the dad character. It's like, oh, no, Lola. Um, and then all of that stuff is revealed. It's quite a heavy, yeah. <laughs> heavy scene. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we never get any sort of her. She never talks about how she's feeling, but just like I will solve this. I am. I'm the hero. I have a superhuman scream. Right. And and again, I th- I think st- stuff was lost in translation or dubbing for mm-hmm. for me. But like I couldn't. Just her performance was. It was very like I'm gonna. Uh, uh, you know, even the crying. Like I couldn't tell 
there wasn't a backstory in her eyes to me. I was like watching oh. it. I couldn't like see what else was happening or with Manny. I felt I actually did maybe a little bit. Like I was like, this guy's like, he doesn't want to be in a life of crime, but like he is in one. And maybe he's like not intelligent enough. So, <laughs> so like, much. I don't know. There was something about the way that he was, he was like, ah, yeah. you know, and like the fact that he was talking to his grandma, like he called his grandma mm-hmm. for a hundred thousand dollars. And it was like, $500 is not enough. And then he like bangs the phone. But like, you know, the way that he was robbing people and like, are you going to help? I don't know. There was a lot there with her. It was like, I don't know. I, again, you, I mean, I'm I just think, interesting. No, I think that is a, I think that is a fair assessment of the movie, right? You, cause you do, you do sort of just generally see Manny experience more things right whereas lola is is she it affects is him in different right, ways it, right right whereas i don't know if it does for her it's like either it's good or bad but you know what i mean like well, she do, does a similar thing each time she does like a, a similar type of thing whereas we see him go through different emotions each time yeah right and uh, i would have maybe have like maybe the film was never designed to be that way but it'd been great if she also had a similar emotional approach each time rather than I'm going to run here instead of running here and that'll do the thing. Run Lola Run is in the 90 Minutes or Less Film Festival. Very pleased to have this in the fest. I think maybe producer Louise can confirm it's the first film not in the English language in the fest. Hey, so that's good. It's oh, a wow. first. So we're going to put on this film in a cinema, but um, we want to add a few events to this. We want to make sure the audience really get their money's worth uh, from this this 80-minute movie. What would you do to sort of embellish this screening? You got to get a DJ in there. Yes. Uh, just playing, te- like, as people enter, just have, like, nightclub kind of vibes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the... Strobe lights and some, you know... I don't know, just bumping, just real hardcore house. Yeah, the the seats are replaced with treadmills, and oh, everyone wow. has to be everyone has to be on a I treadmill. Like that. <laughs> that they, they can't control they can't control it. Right, the movie. The when, movie. Controls. Whenever she runs, it goes. <laughs> she, and so you gotta just be sort of ready. At all I love times. that. You're taking a whenever she runs, it goes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's great. That's actually that's fantastic. Yeah. I, wouldn't I, that I like be fun? That a lot. And then there has to be another thing that you do for the timeline stuff. Yeah, so. there's a there's photo booths all around. So at any given point, you can just go off and then take pictures. And the, but the thing is, the pictures actually tell your future. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's not that you pose for your future. You take a picture and then you actually get just a spread of the next the, the year of your okay. life. <laughs> here's, here's what, here's actually, th- I don't know if you're allowed to do this because it's tampering with the film maybe a little bit, but what if it was this? What if as people came in, you set up certain, like you set up like a like a ticket attender uh, and like, you know, <laughs> you just set up like little, little people throughout the whole thing. So like the person who's taking tickets, like he takes your ticket, he's like, oh, thank you. And then he goes, Hachoo! and then like, and then, goes, and, like <laughs> and then like somebody, cu- and then somebody like spills their popcorn or like there's a baby that cries or whatever. And then when the, f- the first, like, th- like the first storyline ends, then the credits roll up on screen and then they're like, thank you. And then they leave and then they're like, okay, then you come back in and then <laughs> you just replay the movie, but you play the second version of the movie and then the they ticket person, sneeze. they don't sneeze they this don't time. Sneeze this time. <laughs> uh, and then the person who's about to spill a popcorn almost does. And then like, you know, and then the baby's there and the baby's just like sleeping soundly, you know, 
I think I would like to maybe get the audience to spell out the film's title, and we take oh, a picture great. of it from above. Oh, that's fun. Like a, and everybody gets a little souvenir. That's practical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is good. This is a, it's a really immersive screening. We're getting the audience doing a lot of stuff. They've got to jog. They've got to pose for pictures. They have to, to replay the film. <laughs> <laughs> It's great value for money, though, and that's really what we're looking for. Like if you could invite one guest to the screening, who would you who would you invite? One guest? Oh, this is tough. <laughs> I don't know. Um, this is so much pressure on this. <laughs> goodness, I don't know. I mean, it could be. There's so many. Tom Cruise, yeah. and then just be like, "What did you think, Tom?" <laughs> and then he goes, "What do you mean? Why did Why did you invite me?" He's like, "Well, this, uh, you know, the time. This kind of it's like a time travel movie." And yeah. then he's like. Because I'm I'm in a, a movie like this, Edge of Tomorrow. And then you're like, oh, is that not this one? <laughs> <laughs> but then you kind of just just have Tom Cruise there. I don't know. I mean, as a star guest, wouldn't we wouldn't turn him away? I would invite whoever came up with that hair dye and and ask them like, is this what they want? Like, did they think it would be this iconic? Because honestly, every time every time I see red hair, I think, man, but it's not. It's not the bright, right, you know what I mean? Right, you're right. That there's something about that. Oh, this is great. We got Tom Cruise and the hair dye designer. Whoever designed <laughs> nothing but a list talent. <laughs> I'd love to get the English voice actors over. Yes. Oh yeah. They probably never get invited to run Lola run stuff. It's so funny too, and I maybe this is also what affected my interpretation of the film was that the voice actor for Manny was like trying very hard, like not good, but like very much trying to act yeah and the voice actor for lola was like getting a paycheck (laughs) she was just like manny what are you talking about like i was just like oh my god this woman is not trying at all do you think this film should be or could be longer than 90 minutes it could be for sure you could definitely show more iterations of it and get maybe but i think that for what the film was like to do that, I think you would actually have to you would have to instill a little bit more meaning, like or at least attempt to make some sort of commentary. Because I yeah. I don't know. Again, maybe I'm misinterpreting this film, but it felt like they were just showing different versions. But it, there wasn't necessarily yes, the versions like little things affected the the outcome, but it it wasn't necessarily saying something, right? Like right. it wasn't like well she did this thing and that's why this thing happened or whatever. It was just like something different happened like the person tripped her but like there is no reason why that person tripped her that time it was also a cartoon that tripped her so yeah i mean but I mean, yeah you know if, it, I mean? if to do more iterations it becomes a groundhog day and you want to know what the lesson of the multiple groundhog iterations day. was you know oh yeah that, that was first that was first Groundhog Day was, was How do we first. not talk? Doesn't matter. What? <laughs> it doesn't matter. It was we, Do you know how many people were listening to this podcast screaming Groundhog Day at their phone this entire time? <laughs> Where we were like this, and they were like, Groundhog Day. And then we just kept talking. They were like, Groundhog Day! <laughs> Yelling. Why haven't they? I swear to God, you'll Say get it. You will get one person, at least one person who tweets Groundhog Day, because they won't, they won't finish the podcast. Yeah. They'll get angry, and then they'll tweet at us. And then later, we'll tweet at them, and they'll be like, we mentioned that later on. They're like, well, you should have mentioned but, it but another, immediately. But another example of that, right, is is edge of tomorrow but you but you seem to think that he learned he learned he does sort of 
there's a thing that he yes. gets out of doing it multiple times. And then another example of that is that movie Naked that Marlon Wayans did, but you don't really know why that last. You don't in that last one, you're like, why is this the one where he learned? I thought he learned. It, 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 you're talking about a movie that nobody else. Has yeah, seen. no, everyone, everyone that can hear me right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know that movie Naked starring Marlon Wayans. <laughs> it's great for viewing. <laughs> yeah, if you enjoyed Run Lola Run, Groundhog Day. And that's then, exactly what I was. Th- that was what was what in the were. back of my mind. I was yeah. like, hasn't there been a movie like this? Groundhog Day. It's not the same. But it isn't the same, but it's similar. You know. You're right. No, you're right. It's like the same thing happening over and over again. Yeah. And, then and he you can't sort get out of see it. what's different and what, you know. Is he going to save that kid falling out of the tree this time or not? It's that's, the multiple timeline film festival. Where every <laughs> film has a protagonist going through the same timeline. You could probably do a pretty good season on that. Thank you so much for bringing Run Lola Run into the festival. If people want to find out more about the Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood podcast, where should they go? They should go to at Black Men Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Also, blackmenpodcast.com is our website. There we have links to our Patreon. Uh, we do bonus episodes each month for like a minimal fee of $5 a month. And then we also have merchandise and stuff like that. Uh, oh, and you can follow me personally at John Braylock. Yes, and you can follow me personally at James Third Comedy. Thank you very much for listening. Please do subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Uh, it really helps. We're also available on Spotify, all good podcatchers, and 90minfilmfest.com. That's 90mins with 90minfilmfest. We have transcripts on there, and you can also contact us on Twitter and Instagram at 90minfilmfest. The show is produced by me, Sam Clements, and Louise Owen. The show is edited by Louise Owen, with sound mixing and additional editing by Luke Smith. Our music is by Martin Ostwick, and our artwork is by Sam Gilby. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Thank you very much, guys. Thank Thank you. you.